New guidance on the best way to diagnose malaria came out of the American Society for Tropical Medicine and Hygiene annual meeting in Atlanta. A symposium was held to discuss research on a new rapid diagnostic test to help select patients who need the most effective medicine, artemisinin combination therapy, ACT. After the symposium, I talked with Hugh Rayburn from Tanzania, Toby Leslie, who works in Afghanistan, and first I asked London-based David Schellenberg about his work with the ACT Consortium. The ACT Consortium has been uh, funded for the last two or three years to uh, try to improve the way in which anti-malarial drugs are used in practice. Um, this is one part of the puzzle of uh, improving malaria control, which is often neglected. Uh, we invest a lot of time and effort in developing new drugs, uh, but what we need to work out is how to make the, the, the best use of those drugs. How do we actually get those drugs to the people who need them, who've got malaria? Uh, how do we make sure that the people who get the drugs actually have malaria? Um, we, we need to reassure ourselves and consolidate the information on safety of the drugs and we also need to uh, look at the quality of the drugs which are being used in practice. So diagnosis is important and a diagnostic tests feature in your symposium. That's right. The symposium re really was the first uh, uh, round of giving out some of the results of the work of the ACT consortium. Uh, many of the projects uh, involve diagnostic tests uh, in an effort to make sure that the drugs are directed to people who've actually got malaria. Uh, but in the course of this work, we've realised that there are some challenges and that sometimes people uh, who have a negative malaria test are nevertheless given anti-malarial drugs. Uh, it's a little bit of a puzzle, but we can hear more, more about that in a moment. Uh, well, David, I'd like to come back to you in a moment, but let me first briefly go to Tanzania because, Hugh Rayburn, you've been looking at febrile illness in Tanzania, presumably looking at people who are presumed to have malaria, but sometimes who may not have malaria. Yes, that's right. We've been interested in uh, causes of febrile illness for some years now. We've conducted some studies in uh, causes of severe febrile illness and also in uh, children presenting to art patients uh, with febrile illness. What did you do and what did you find? Well, we've noticed over the years, uh, say since around 2000, there's been a very marked decrease in the proportion of children who present with a febrile illness who have a positive malaria test. So that's a very important background. And during this time, we've also seen a revolution in uh, the potential for diagnosing uh, febrile illness through the introduction of uh, rapid diagnostic tests for malaria, which have become increasingly accurate and affordable over the years and are now being rolled out in a number of countries, including Tanzania. So your children in Tanzania, their parents say, my kid's got a fever, it must be malaria, and you're saying that's not necessarily true. Yes, that's right. We're seeing a, a real cultural shift that has been enabled by uh, the introduction of rapid tests and also has been made necessary by the declines that we've seen in malaria. What are the other illnesses causing fever or febrile illness? Well, surprisingly, we really don't know this answer yet. Um, a number of studies are looking much more closely at respiratory illness. So uh, we think the large majority are virus illnesses, but we do know that uh, children presenting to hospitals in Africa are often very sick, uh, and uh, district hospitals commonly experience uh, 5 or even 10% case fatality in new admissions. So these children and outpatients present us with an opportunity to nip these severe infections in the bud. Is there any evidence that the anti-malarial drugs will also help in some of these other fevers? 
Um, no, very little or none. We don't think anti-malarial drugs are effective in non-malarial fevers, uh, and it would be a, a dangerous assumption to think so. However, a number of antibiotics do have some anti-malarial effects. Mm. Now, uh, if I may uh, move over to Afghanistan, Toby Leslie, because you've been conducting research in a- Afghanistan. You've actually done a randomized control clinical trial to find out whether the rapid diagnostic tests are, are effective in, in that setting. What are your experiences? What did you do, first of all, in Afghanistan? Well, we um, have a, uh, three field partners who work in, in two different provinces in Afghanistan, uh, one in the north called Kunduz and one in the east uh, called Nangarhar. Um, we ran a, a randomized control trial. Normally these are done on, on drugs, but we, we used um, rapid diagnostic tests and we randomized patients to receive either a, a microscopic or a clinical diagnosis or the rapid diagnostic test itself. And then we measured an outcome which looked at how accurately the patient was treated. Um, so we looked at the proportion of malaria-positive patients who were given an anti-malarial drug and the proportion of malaria-negative patients who were not given an anti-malarial drug. Now, let's be quite clear about this. A randomized controlled trial is the gold standard to show whether something actually works or not. That's correct. And uh, most uh, scientists use that as the gold standard for providing evidence for the effectiveness of an intervention, uh, whether it's bed nets or um, house spraying uh, for, insecticide, uh, for insect control um, or new drugs or indeed diagnostic tests like this. Right. You've been using it on a diagnostic test, a, a, what's called a rapid diagnostic test, which of course would be extremely useful to use in, in the field. What were your findings? Well, we have a, uh, a slightly different um, uh, malaria uh, picture than, than in most areas of Africa. We have uh, malaria, which is the product of two species, Plasmodium falciparum and Plasmodium vivax. Um, so one of the key issues that we're looking at in Afghanistan is distinguishing between those two species, first of all, but also um, detecting those patients who are actually negative and treating them for their alternative causes of fever. So we took um, patients who presented in our clinics with fever, and we tested them with a rapid diagnostic test or the other um, diagnostic uh, facility that was available, which could have been microscopy in some of our clinics or just clinical diagnosis based on the doctor's judgment. Um, and we measured, as I said before, the, the outcomes of the trial. Uh, did you find that the test was useful then, and what sort of uh, advice would you pass on to professionals dealing with malaria in various parts of the world? We did find the test very useful. Um, they're relatively easy to perform compared to microscopy. Uh, they have advantages and disadvantages when compared to microscopy. The, the interesting finding that we, that we had was that the rapid diagnostic test was um, much more effective at guiding the clinician's treatment um, rather than the clinician's own judgment. So providing that diagnostic test really improved the way patients were treated. Interestingly, there was no real difference between how patients were treated when microscopy and rapid diagnostic tests were, con- were compared. And in both settings, many of the negative patients were continued to be treated with antimalarial drugs. Right, so you did find that um, the, the, the carers tended to still use the antimalarial drugs just in case, uh, but you did find, very interestingly, that the, the rapid test was just as good as the microscope. That's right, that's right. So we think it's a very useful tool now for clinics where micros- microscopy may not be the, the right diagnosis because it's quite expensive and it uh, requires highly trained staff. So we think that the rapid diagnostic test could 
bring better targeting of treatment at more remote clinics. Now, Hugh, in Tanzania, how does that correlate to the Afghanistan experience to what you've been seeing in Tanzania? Uh, yeah, thanks very much, Toby. Uh, we would agree with all of those conclusions, uh, and a number of other studies support these findings, um, that while rapid diagnostic tests compare very, very well with expert slide reading and are, in fact, much more accurate than routine slide reading, uh, unfortunately, many clinicians don't always follow the results in their prescribing. So that's still a problem that we're trying to solve, and that is one of the questions that our next trial will, will address. Could I ask either of you, Hugh or, or, or Toby, uh, what you think can be done, or, or what is the practical advice coming out of this? So what should people be doing? Um, I think there are there are a couple of things. The, the rapid diagnostic test is, a, of course, a very promising intervention, um, but it's really the, um, the the clinician, the prescriber's response to that test that's going to be important as we as we roll out this intervention. The intervention itself is 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 affordable but not cheap, um, and we need to ensure that it's used to really target the much more expensive um, anti-malarial drugs that we use nowadays. Um, at those patients who really actually genuinely need them. And if we're able to do that, then I think we're going to be able to make a really big difference to many of the patients in both Africa and in Asia. Hugh? Uh, yes, I would agree uh, with Toby. I, I think there are two cultural shifts that we're seeing. The first is the incorporation of diagnostic evidence into clinical care, which has not been widely available in many areas of the world until relatively recently. And the introduction of rapid diagnostic tests now provide that opportunity, but clinicians need to change the way they think about diagnos diagnoses. Uh, and the second is the recognition that malaria is in many places now not the commonest cause of fever, as it has been in the past, and I would say that certainly amongst hospitalized children, malaria has never been the most dangerous diagnosis. Children with invasive bacterial disease typically have a case fatality approximately 1.5 to 2 times as high as those children with malaria. So, David Schellenberg, what do you pull out of the evidence we've been hearing, hearing here from Hugh and from Toby about their experience with rapid diagnostic tests and getting the right drugs to the right people? Well, I think the, the take-home messages are generally very positive. Um, rapid diagnostic tests are a feasible uh, op option for diagnosing malaria and targeting the, the uh, anti-malarial treatment in real-life settings. Uh, but it's not perfect yet, and we need to uh, look at ways of enhancing the adherence of the prescriber to the test results. So for those people who don't have malaria, what should they be doing instead of giving them an anti-malarial? Um, and that's, that, that's the, uh, the basis for a, a new portfolio of research which is about to start within the consortium. You have been all meeting here at this symposium under the auspices of the ACT consortium. What can you say about artemisinin and the importance of this particular type of treatment? Well, artemisinin uh, remains the most efficacious drug there is for the treatment of acute malaria. Um, it is a fundamental component of the bedrock cornerstone, call it what you will, of malaria treatment. Uh, artemisinin derivatives are used in combination with other drugs to effect uh, a, a rapid uh, and safe cure to malaria. Um, 
the uh, take-home message from our consortium, I think, is that the uh, rapid diagnostic tests can help to target the use of those uh, antimalarials. They are still relatively expensive, and obviously uh, the whole strategy of ACTs will be most cost-effective if the ACTs are directed at those who really need them. And if I could get a brief word from each one of you about what, what few words you'd like people to take home from this symposium. Uh, Toby, first of all. Um, I think the, uh, my take-home message would be that the, the usefulness of, of rapid diagnostic tests are there for all to see, but they have not been maximised in their utility at, the, at the, the time being. And our research aims to build on the evidence that we have at the moment to change practice to maximise the utility of the rapid diagnostic test. Hugh. Uh, yes, thanks. I, I think we're living in exciting times. Uh, I think that there are possibilities to more accurately diagnose severe febrile illness and uh, children with febrile illness in, in community settings. I think our treatments are uh, improving. And I would just reinforce something that David referred to. W that the, the American Society meeting announced the result of the Aquamat trial, which showed that uh, in the treatment of severe malaria, artesanate was 22% more efficacious than quinine. So this is a very exciting result that uh, really merges very well with, with our efforts to improve the targeting and use of anti-malarial anti drugs. That was Hugh Rayburn with David Schellenberg and Toby Leslie talking with me after taking part in a symposium at the American Society for Tropical Medicine and Hygiene annual meeting in Atlanta. For Audio News, I'm Peter Goodwin.